Do you guys all want to do a do a word check? <laughs> words. Okay. Words. Check a check a check a check a words. Checking my words. Okay, you both. <laughs> I have words. Both of your words are great. I got a text. Well, I texted Paul on the way here, and I said, "Can you grab my headphones for me if you're there before me?" And Paul said, "Yeah, ha, I'm not going to be there before you." <laughs> Paul said, "Exactly. Yeah, they're in your office on your desk." And I was like, "Oh my god! Wow, you're there already!" Exploding head emoji. And he said, "No, I put them there last night. Your text woke me up, and that was." Oh my Jesus! Fifteen minutes ago, so we'll see when he gets here. Uh, okay, uh, let's start. Let's just go. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, oh my God! Mm-hmm. Your text woke me up. <laughs> Today on the Geek Out podcast, a bike lane in the middle of a six-lane highway covered in solar panels. Mm. Vision will be getting his own series. There's going to be a new musical Christmas Carol movie with Ryan Reynolds and Will Ferrell. And Liam Hensworth is now The Witcher. Fuck. Is that how he says it? Fuck. I think so. (laughs) (laughs) Nerdy is the new sexy. It's good to be a the Zones Geek Out, the podcast. It's the Zones Geek Out podcast, episode 212. We record this on November 2, 2022. Lots of twos in this one. Wow, I wonder oh. if, uh, if we're a numerology person, if that's yep. a good thing or a bad thing. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if oh, twos are good or November bad. November is the, the 11th, 11th month, and if you add one plus one... Yeah. Wow! Numerologists all over the world are turning in their graves right now. I'm Webmeister Bud. I host Bud's Weekly Geek Out Wednesdays at 7 20 with Dylan and Jason. Dead? Oh my god! <laughs> oh god, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, Brian, just say your thing. Bad day for numbers. <laughs> I'm DJ Boytano. I do the weekday wind down and the mixtape in the afternoon zone. Yeah, Paul's not here. I'm Kirsten James. Paul woke up 15 minutes ago. We'll see. How 15 long. minutes before recording time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well then, Paul. Yeah. Well then. All it does, all it does is he just doesn't get to go on his little ramble before we right. actually start the podcast. So Jesus all of our podcasts have been like sub two hours yeah, since he's been pretty short because of that. Yeah. yeah. So maybe if he does start showing up on time, we'll give him the wrong times. <laughs> <laughs> This week on Bud's Weekly Geek Out, a rather old piece of tech that I heard of just last week um, when a random Twitter account just sent it to me. There was just this uh, uh, this tweet about a highway in South Korea with a bike lane in the middle of it that is covered by solar panels. And then this account called Nibs Twitch just replied to it and said, add Webmeister Bud. And that was it. We don't follow each other on Twitter, and uh, I. Uh, so, but but it was interesting enough. Turns out this thing is from 2015, and it's a 30 kilometer stretch of highway in South Korea with three lanes of car traffic on either side and a bike lane down the middle, oh. um, covered though not completely, like they're spaced out with uh, solar panels, and the solar panels charge both the highway lighting and electric car charging ports. And my first question was, how are all the cyclists not starving and or dying uh, and or peeing all over themselves if you if it's just stuck in the middle of the highway? But apparently there's tunnels down to crossroads cool. so you can actually 
get oh, on Oh, speaking and off of and highway, Paul, are you potting and driving? Oh, yeah. Oh, what yeah. the heck? Did you That's just get in? Your... Get... <laughs> Sorry, can you hear me okay? No! Get off the call! Where are you? <laughs> Oh, sorry. Sorry I'm late, everybody. I had this thing happen where I fell asleep and then I didn't wake up. That's, That's dying. <laughs> huh? That's dying. Are you a numerologist? Yeah, he's a numerologist. There he is. Where are you, Paul? Physically. In heaven, uh, hopefully. I just out of the driveway, so I'm on my way. Dude, the uh, number one's a mess. You shouldn't be doing this. This is my new favorite thing, actually, to do, which is to... To zoom into a call, I should be there for person and, you know, be on the call for the first 15 minutes of the meeting and then walk in midway through the meeting. It's really like COVID has revolutionized a lot of the way we work. And this is a big one for me, everyone. Wow. I'm Paul Blastino with Potato Quality Audio. Yeah, you sound oh. Yeah, sorry. I'll be quiet for until I get there. I just wanted to be here. But also... Um, Oh yeah, I'll record my line. Do you already record lines? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we did. Right, oh no, is it that? Okay, yeah. I'll, I'll be there in twenty minutes. <laughs> okay. Thanks, Paul. That's great. Jesus. Wow. <sighs> Coming soon. Well, wait, no, you didn't finish telling us about this. Oh yeah. Okay. Highways. Sure. Yeah. Because you said um, speaking of tunnels. Oh, and then Paul showed up. I get it. I get it. I get it. Never mind. Coming soon. <laughs> <laughs> Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. This, I don't know what it is, trailer, teaser, featurette. I didn't watch it. It's way too close to the movie now, and I'm so I've embargoed myself from watching anything. They just called it Remember. Brian, what can you tell us about it without spoiling the entire I movie? tell you that I'm weak. <laughs> And I saw this. This is and very I saw A one minute and forty five second featurette, mm-hmm. um, and I am very excited. There are also first reactions, obviously, that were were great. And you know how we were talking about like first reactions are usually always positive because people are so hyped to be able to see like oh i get to, i got to meet ryan coogler on the red carpet and you know i got to see the the actual casts like in front of me and stuff so they're always really excited so you, you kind of take those with a grain of salt um but uh i mean like you know pos- all positives i think maybe the one maybe negative i've heard is that it, it might be too long but uh Ooh, how long just... is too long for people to be saying negatives that aren't named Kirsten James? Yeah. Well, mm. the, the movie's almost three hours. No, that Avatar movie, the next Avatar movie, three three ten. Yeah, I mean, they're just trying many, to many make hours of blue people on screen. No, this is too long. Like Endgame yeah. deserved to be that long. It made sense. Yeah, this? and that was shy. That was two fifty five, and that was like a twenty one movie finale. I mean, yeah. I guess I'll give Wakanda Forever the benefit of the doubt in the fact that they did not know that their star was going to die, and maybe they had a story that they were going to tell. But of course, now we've got to dedicate at least twenty minutes to explaining why T'Challa is dead and everybody dealing with that. So, I no, guess. No. Oh, he's no. still here. No, no. Just think about that for a second, right? Like, there's no possible way they just were like, all right, here's the story. Oh, what? Oh, what? Chadwick Boseman died? All right. Tack on 20 minutes to the beginning of it. That ought to to fix it. But otherwise, exact same story. 
There's no way that happened. This is a from scratch story. But I mean, Don't you think? Well, I feel like they had a direction. Like, they probably knew that they were going to uh, introduce Namor and all this other stuff, and they just had to change it. Um, like, no, I don't think they just tacked 20 minutes on because I feel like the plot is very involved of who's the next Black Panther and what are they going to do and Wakanda seems weak. And maybe there was a story written in there that involved uh, Chadwick uh-huh. and T'Challa, but I, I do think, like, that I is think- why it's so long is because now they're actually having to tell two or three stories they had to tell yeah almost a almost a new origin story so ryan coogler did have an interview with variety where he revealed that he had a full script done for a chadwick boseman led black panther sequel Mm -hmm. uh and it was all it was going to really explore uh his characters uh not necessarily backstory because we were kind of already got that but just like his psyche as the um, the leader of a nation, right? And just g- diving a lot deeper into that. So he had to take that and then obviously readapt it to whoever takes up this mantle um, and and then also make it a little bit more about uh, Wakanda in general. So I know it's... it's it's uh, I'm still excited about it, but yeah, it's, it's like two hours and 40-something, 40 45 minutes or something, so like close to three hours. So it's going to be a lot of movie to watch. Yeah. That's what I was saying, because like yeah, you're going the day before, like on the 10th, and I, can, I can't, I can I'm working that night, but so I've got to go on the 11th, and I'm watching it at like 3.45, and that's why I was like, oh, I guess I'll ready by, be by, ready by 7 to talk spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm very yeah, with, all, with all this, though, I'm not hearing a real like super reason for it to be that long i don't know i still think it could be shorter i think kirsten is right in her initial instinct that a black panther sequel is not end game it doesn't need to be three hours that's all but we'll see you next week i'm very excited to go to a movie with everybody except for brian because i like him the least <laughs> <laughs> and or he's going on a different day yes, he's going on a different day i'm very bummed um, related, there is uh, new Rihanna for the first time in six years, and uh, the song "Lift Me Up" has a very cool uh, Black Panther mask visualizer for the first release of the song before presumably a uh, full video is released. And yeah, the Wakanda Forever trailer is apparently what convinced Rihanna to return to music for the first time in six years. Mm. Yeah, this was what oh. you guys were talking about last week with the R, and you thought that maybe it would be. Riri or, or whatever. And didn't you say Riri or something? Which I thought was weird because, of course, by the after you guys had finished recording, the news came out that the R was for a Rihanna song. But yeah. isn't Rihanna's like nickname Riri also? Riri. Yeah. yeah. So when I heard Bud, ah! Bud oh, my say goodness. that, yeah. I was like, how did Bud know? Because ah! <laughs> yeah. well, like, when, when the R came out, minutes afterwards, I shared it on the, our Facebook pod group. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, this big speculation was Riri. There was going to be maybe like a Riri trailer, like focus trailer or Riri special presentation on Disney Plus or something. And because I kept saying like Riri in my head, I was like, oh, let's make a joke on in the comments section of this yeah. uh, share. Is Rihanna going to be in this? Yeah. No. Yeah. You made that as a joke? I, well, it was a total joke. Like, I, And I had no Weird. clue that she was going to do the soundtrack or anything like that. And then I think even uh, um, our pod listener, Shep. Yeah, you tagged also, Shep in it, didn't you? I, well, because yeah. it's, it's funny because, like, he 
he also chimed in after I think he was like the first to reply to my my Rihanna joke, but saying, "Wouldn't that be cool if Rihanna was in this thing?" And yeah. I was like, "Oh yeah, her what the heck, you guys hanging out under an umbrella, Ella, Ella, a and then like when it started to become like actual fruition that like Rihanna might be releasing a song on Friday as part of the soundtrack, I also like Shep works for Universal and Rihanna's under Universal. Let's tag him in this question. Wow, I think maybe Shep knew. Yeah, I mean, wild. Is this is this is cool? I guess that she came back to music after six years. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, yeah. Her voice is. Beautiful. I find it to be cool. Ah! You're still here, okay? Uh, where are you? Where are you? <laughs> I'm uh, Helmican right now. So. Oh my I mean, god! He made gonna... not bad time, I guess, but Helmican, he, he drove six blocks. <laughs> no, traffic's bad right now. This is, at this time, traffic is bad. I'm about to mute you off your... Or kick you, off your <laughs> yeah. like, no, no, no. Okay, bye, you bye. sound scared so the hell bad. out of me when you yeah. chime in because it's so tinny and loud. Yeah. You sound so bad. Good, good, good um, ghost. Rihanna's voice is beautiful in that song. Mm-hmm. I, it would be cool if I you did... Make, oh, my God. God. What the hell? You know whose voice isn't beautiful. Um, yeah. It would be cool if she did make an appearance in the film, though, but I guess if it was the trailer that convinced her to come back to music there's no chance she's that not, she's going to show yeah. up in the background which is kind of a bummer because that'd be awesome next <laughs> i you just can't pin down what ryan reynolds is going to come out with there's this teaser uh with will ferrell and ryan reynolds um talking about something that is upcoming uh, i think this was yesterday was this um, yes it was weirdly yesterday yeah weirdly yesterday uh, it was a teaser for a movie called spirited which is going to be a musical christmas carol adaptation see, with sorry. those two in it <gasps> Jeez, who opened the door who is that it was susan and she terrified me okay i thought it was paul <laughs> oh my god no no hi so um <laughs> jesus that scared me so is your much. mic on Yes, my mic is on. What do you mean? Does that mean the yellow blinky light outside the room is on? Yes. Oh, boy. And it's a dark hallway. As yeah, she and the door, the door just moved, and we just muted and Paul, looked, and he might be dead. And, like, because she's so little, and it's dark out there that, like, this tiny little face was, like, in a place that I didn't expect it. It terrified me. Anyway. Wow. Yes. Wow. Yes. Wow. We'll, yes. Sorry. So so the gag is, yes, they sing all their own songs and no, they're not lip syncing, although the words of them saying this are clearly and badly overdubbed because Fab from Millie Vanilli is in the voice booth reading both of their lines. And that's the gag. And it was pretty dang funny, honestly. And uh, this morning, about two hours before we recorded on the second, they they dropped the trailer. And yeah, it, uh, well, I, I didn't see a huge amount of musical stuff in it. It Yeah, it is definitely a uh, a modern day retelling of A Christmas Carol and, and admitted as such, like fourth wall broken as such. No. Did we talk about this before, or is this the second movie that Will Ferrell and Ryan Reynolds have been in together singing? It's very possible we talked about. It's very possible we talked about this before, (laughs) um, and I just forgot because we talk about a lot of things. No, but Um, I think if we had, it would have been like when we first heard about it. Like we definitely haven't seen a trailer or anything. um, But I'm just wondering if there's another kind of these movies that like kind of passed us by, or if this is the movie. That we talked about like a year ago or whenever it was. 
undoubtedly probably the movie. Hmm. Yeah, I seem to think it's a whole nother movie. Yeah. I, I think, right? Like, I think Kirsten's right, if this is what she's saying. Yes. Is that there's some, there's this is like the second one. I don't, that, the, yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 Right. Um, is, uh, do you think people of like, say, like Gen Z or millennials, the, do you think the Millie Vanilli thing is going to fly over their head? It flew over my head because they never said the words Millie Vanilli. I didn't know who that guy was. Oh, uh, you had to. It was pretty subtle. When they cut to him, you saw Millie Vanilli Studios on the computer that was in front of him running the audio software. Oh, uh, because now <laughs> that's much funnier. Now you get it, right? Yeah. Now I get it. And I was very confused uh, because oh, okay. th- this trailer came out. But then when Bud shared it in our prep thing, he then shared the, the story of the Migos guy being shot. Oh, and right. so I just assumed that it was the Migos guy the whole time, and I was like, "Oh, oh no. that's sad oh. that he's in this trailer, and and now he's dead." And oh, now, no. <laughs> oh no, wow, what an assumption! Uh, well, they were shared back to back, and like I don't know what Millie Vanilli looks like, and I don't know what the Migos guy looks like. Um, so I just assumed because Bud said something like. Oh, sad news related to our trailer, and I thought you meant that trailer. Oh, I meant our trailers in general oh, because, like, God. Migos has been in a bunch of trailers, movie <laughs> anyway, trailers. Anyway, that, that we is about. oh shoot, now okay. funny. Okay, and no, that went right over my head because it wasn't obvious enough that that was the dude from Millie Vanilli, and that's hilarious. Mostly, people would know only know what Millie Vanilli looks like and not what they sound like. <laughs> ah, there you go. There you go. Very funny. <laughs> That's a good joke. But do you think that we're in a post uh, joke is going overhead world because all you need is like a tiny little clue. If you watch that and you say you're too young to quite get it, but then you see the words Millie Vanilli, could you just Google it real quick and then get in on the joke so quickly? Isn't that what people do now, don't you think? Uh, I do think that is what people do now, and that's kind of a shame. But uh, so there's sort of like a one-two punch of the joke, right? People who know the situation get it immediately, and people who don't, yeah, probably do a quick goog and and then understand and find it maybe seventy-five percent is funny. A geek news proper. Yeah, so here we are. Takeoff of the group Migos was shot outside a private party in Houston. He was 28. And not of the Spirited trailer. And not in the Spirited trailer, no. Uh, there were two other people who were injured, a 23-year-old man and a 24-year-old uh, woman, non-life-threatening injuries. But yeah, it was uh, about 2.30 um, Tuesday morning. And yeah, it looks like things went sideways after a party. And uh, yeah. He's gone. So which trailers... Sorry, I'm not very good with it. Which trailers has the Migos music been in? I hope Brian remembers, because I did a search in our Slack, and um, our Slack doesn't go back that far, so oh. I don't remember. Uh, I don't remember... I honestly don't remember what trailers... Fast and the Furious? I don't know. Oh, okay. <laughs> but, sorry, I just... Because, again, still very confused about the spirited thing, and so like I'm just trying to remember... <laughs> What trailers? I um, actually no. There was uh, oh the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Uh, yeah, you ready? Yeah, yeah. But, there it is. Uh, like yeah, because like Migos, I, I I 
play Migos all the time whenever I'm like DJing at like out elsewhere, like not necessarily for the zone, obviously, but uh, but yeah, Migos gets requested a lot. Yeah, they're so, huge, huge, huge. Always band. have like yeah. Migos in the in the arsenal. Yeah. Uh, and- what's what's the hit, Ryan? Is it bad and bougie? I think so. My favorite is stir fry. In the kitchen, where they make a stir fry. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. What a tribute. Better audition for that slot there, Brian. Yeah. Liam Hemsworth will be replacing Superman or Henry Cavill uh, for The Witcher season four, which you know shouldn't come as too huge of a surprise, and wow. you know, like facial structurally. I don't know. He's got a big. He's got a big wig, and you know. Hopefully, they can both act about the same, and maybe we won't be able to tell. Or I don't know. Yeah. Hard I mean, to know if they'll explain this in the story, or if he'll just walk into frame, pause for a moment, and then you'll hear the narrator say, "The role of the Witcher is now being played by Liam Hemsworth." <laughs> <laughs> I know. I mean, good for them though for recasting. You know, instead of just being like, "Well, I get. The, I guess the Witcher is over now." Because, yeah, you know, yeah. there's so many other actors and people involved in this TV show, and it's a bummer that Henry Cavill is leaving, but, like, that shouldn't mean that everyone else is out of their jobs if they have the viewership and everything to continue. Yeah, Was exactly. That, I didn't fully read the article. I just I saw the headline, and, and I saw, you know, discourse about... You know Liam Hemsworth replacing Henry Cavill, but like, was this? Is there a specific reason for Henry Cavill to be lazy? Just like I'm in movies now, so or I'm like strictly doing movies now mm-hmm. and screw streaming or whatever. So this was all prepared. The, like the, Henry Cavill put out a statement. It said, "My my journey as as Geralt of Rivia Rivia Rivia, Rivia has been filled with both monsters and adventures. And alas, I will be laying down my medallion and my swords for season four. In my stead, the fantastic Mister Liam Hemsworth will be taking up the mantle of the White Wolf." Hmm. Um, so I I presume this has a lot to do with Superman. Ing, yeah. but it, it was back in uh, blue, bitch. Particularly, <laughs> um, and um, season three isn't even out. Season three comes out next summer. Um, yeah. So what I've read is, um, and I don't know how much truth there is to it, is that Henry Cav- Cavill is a big giant nerd. We know that, and he always said that if he thought they were doing a character he was playing. Um, injustice that he would no longer want to play the character. So I oh. have heard rumors that he did not like where the story was going or where they were taking Geralt. Um, oh. So that's why he's leaving and it has nothing to do with yeah. Superman and maybe just the timing was good to be like, you know, so it's not a PR nightmare. Well, yeah. If that's the case, if he's if he's leaving for creative differences, the timing is spectacular with the Superman thing. Yeah. So I, I heard wow. it was definitely it was more like a source material thing, and um, which is a bummer. But then also, wow, what a good guy Henry Cavill is to if that was it and it's creative differences to be so graceful to say, yep, somebody else is taking over, and again, not shitting on the franchise that thousands of other people are working on and that is their money that they make right Mm. so i don't know like i've played the witcher 3 the video game um i haven't read any of the books or anything like that but the witcher 3 is like in my top five video games ever maybe top three it's amazing whoa um so i can't speak too much to the source material but i only i've only seen the first season 
um, also just because there's so much content. So I can't mm. even speak to how the story is going and if I think it doesn't match. But I did like Henry Cavill as The Witcher. I thought it was great casting. And Liam Hemsworth, um, yeah, he's got big shoes to fill. But he's, you know, he's... I don't know if he's going to make the character his own or just follow what Henry Cavill's been doing, and that's fine too, and it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, so here's a question then. You talked about the viewership demanding the continuation of this show, and with so much content out there also, yeah, I gave up after season one, but like, is the viewership high for this thing? Is the demand so much that losing your star, you still, you got to recast and carry on, really? I think plenty of coins have been tossed at Netflix for this series because I, I, you know, again, Netflix never gives their numbers. But again, season three hasn't even come out yet. They're working on season four. Uh, there sure seems to be enough forward motion to justify it. And next, uh, there will be... <laughs> Uh, a Vision Quest a series starring Paul Bettany that is go- that is in the works presently at Marvel Studios for Disney Plus, and this will uh, very likely follow the White Vision and uh, getting mm. his memory back. So this was not announced at D twenty three or anything. This wasn't on that big board that they stand in front of and be like, "Look at all our shit." At, that no, so I'm sure it was part of the things that were still in negotiation is just being dropped now. Hmm. Yeah, it's it, like it's no surprise. It it, it probably was uh, an in negotiation thing, and like them trying to line up their actors and and their crew and director and all that kind of, and the writers and everything. Um, but uh, yeah, that this was a huge kind of plot storyline, uh, the thread that was sort of left untied, right, from Wandavision. Very untied, um, yeah. And it, like the new vision could lead into a lot of different things, right? Um, uh, we'll we'll definitely be talking about Wonder Man in the in the Q sheet. Yeah. Um, but that it also could be talking because he's sort of like kind of government property. Uh, he, he's so a sword. In, he's a sword creation, isn't he? Yeah. So this could lead into armor wars yeah. as well. Um, but there's a huge uh, story arc, like the Vision Quest story arc, about uh, like get. Vision kind of coming back as as White Vision and sort of regaining his memories and regaining his personality. Mm. Um, so they they still have a lot to to talk about. But yeah, that does tie into the next thing in our our cue sheet as well. The next thing in our cue sheet is that Yahya Abdul Mateen II has been tapped to lead the Wonder Man series for Disney Plus. Yay! Yeah, very yay. So this yay. Wonder Man, I don't know if it was a, a announced, like officially announced, or I just remember it was being talked about as like a potential Disney Plus series, and that's where I started thinking, okay, well this could bring back the White Vision, because in the comics. Uh, Vision, a lot of Vision's personality traits come directly from Wonder Man. And oh, I, wow. I talked about this a little bit. I, I didn't want to go too, too far into to detail about it you know, when we were doing our WandaVision recaps and stuff uh, in, in those pod episodes. But yeah, Wonder Man has a big part of who Vision is and who Wanda fell in love with. Wow. So that could end up having... Um, you know, some sort of kind of factor in in terms of like Wonder Man. So there, there's there's already a connection there between like this Wonder Man series and this Vision Quest series. 
Destin Daniel Cretton, who was behind Shang-Chi, and Andrew Guest, who was a co-producer of Hawkeye, are both involved. Um, uh, Destin Daniel Cretton will direct and executive produce, and uh, Andrew Guest will be the uh, head writer. Mm. Ryan, can you give us like a real quick... Uh... Uh, like a like a rundown on Wonder Man. Like, what's the deal? What's the deal with him? What is it? What is it? He's a wonderful man. <laughs> um, Perfect. That summarizes I don't know it great. What you want to know? Like, like, do you want to know kind of powers or like what he what he can do? He's a guy named. I think Yaya Abdul Mateen is going to be playing a guy named Simon Williams, who's becomes kind of Wonder Man. Um, I don't know, like. He's going to be connected. Yeah, like, with- just quick Cole's notes. Like, uh, like, does he have the powers of a spider, or would that be somebody else? Yeah, the powers of a wonder. No, uh, <laughs> you've got, like, it's like so superhuman strength, uh, speed, stamina, um, agility. Uh, he's like sounds like a D and D character. <laughs> yeah, got charisma. Whatever. <laughs> um, I'm trying to remember his kind of backstory here. Like how he ended up getting his his powers. Like I think it was like through some sort of like radiation or or, or uh, like some sort of energy that uh, ion like base. Baron, and Baron Zemo also had a lot to do with like his uh, his kind of origins as well. Um, and Trevor Slattery, um, as played by Ben Kingsley, the the former guy pretending to be uh, the Mandarin, uh, is apparently involved in the show. Oh, that's right. I which think. Is- Honestly, a huge highlight for me. I think that's where the original, um, that's where the original uh, rumors came from about like this Wonder Man series. Is that like uh, Ben Kingsley is going to be reprising his role? Oh, I love Ben Kingsley as Trevor Slattery. So funny. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, Yaya Abdul Mateen should be really cool. It's like the the most I remember about Wonder Man is just that like um, his death is really kind of what brought about the vision right it was oh, wow. after after wonder man had had passed that uh a lot of his abilities and stuff were transferred onto this like android uh you know that and that was that turned into the vision and that's why a lot of his personality comes from wonder man so yeah um yeah uh, wonder man is an ion powered superhuman being yeah, and something like that was given to him, like by Baron Zemo, or Baron Zemo yep. had something to do with that. Yeah, who also named him Wonder Man. So yeah, lots more to come for that. That sounds wild. So we have a The Penguin limited series, and Kristen Militoli will be Sophia Falcone, the uh, the female lead of the series, which I believe is, is that an eight episode. Not sure. It's in development. So another Batman story without a Batman. Uh, Yep, 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 yep. Looks like it. (laughs) Next up, there seems to be a a mass exodus of people subscribing to streaming services. Mm -hmm. Um, Honestly, not that surprising. But um, because, I mean, you know, Netflix is going to come down with their password sharing crackdown. And um, yeah, what's the uh, what's the stat here? Somebody stole. From oh yeah, one in three Canadians have canceled at least one of their subscriptions in the past six months. 
I was going to say, I'm surprised that's not higher, but um, past six months. Yeah, sure. If you, I was going to say, yeah, that's a third. And yeah, only in the last half a year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's oof. They're too that expensive. Is a huge like it's too much like yeah. streaming. And there's too many now. And yep. honestly, like, and I don't want to say this, but like piracy is way too easy these days, especially yeah. when things drop on streaming services. They're they're uploaded to to a lot of like pirated sites. Yeah, because they're captured at the perfect quality and just and put up there. Yeah. Well, if that becomes a lot more user friendly, I just, I don't see why people would want to stick around and keep paying these high prices for mm-hmm. for content that they could technically, while it though it's like illegally and you wouldn't steal a car, but like <laughs> if it becomes that easy for people to yeah. do. Then so here's this is great. Um, uh, for what reason would you say you're can you canceled your subscription to these services? Um, and this was part of the Angus Reid poll. Fifty three percent of people said to save money slash couldn't afford them all. Mm-hmm. 39% said I wasn't watching it and I'm feeling like that's me in Disney Plus right now honestly which is weird oh. 24% said there wasn't anything to watch on it 19% said had too many of them uh, 15% said they removed a show or shows I didn't like and 8% said they're all the same mm-hmm. I just I just feel we have reached maximum subscription and um, this cannot continue. These cannot services cannot continue to grow. We can't just keep getting subscription service after subscription service and expecting people to keep shelling out the money because where is it coming from? Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. It's like a double-edged sword because on one hand, we're demanding of these streaming services that you know the quality is good. Like I have famously said, like Amazon, their graphics sometimes are terrible, and that the writing's good, and that the shows are good, and that they have properties we know and love, and that all costs money. And then here I am being like, "You're too expensive. I don't want to pay for you. I'm gonna, you know, pirate something." But then they don't get the money and then they have to charge more. It's, it's just like this horrible, horrible circle. Um, and I don't know what the answer is. Like, I think the answer was when things like Netflix weren't creating original content, right? Like Netflix right. was great when it was just I could go see some movies and some TV shows on there that I'd want to watch that they had somehow negotiated the rights to. It's these streaming services making their own original content. Which they always say is the most expensive part of their business of why they're raising prices. Yes. <laughs> and I mean, like, listen, I love Stranger Things. I love this Lord of the Rings show. I love all of all of this original content coming out. But streaming services, that I don't think that that's what you are for. That's not what you are for. And that is why you were getting expensive. Um, so maybe, like, chill out. Chill I wonder out. if then we're going <laughs> to That's a good that. way to put it. I wonder if we're going to get to that point where the bubble bursts to the uh, so much so that like services like Netflix, they're going to change their model so that they're now just in the business of um, getting movies made to be released in theaters. Uh, and and then eventually you'll see a streaming service pop up that amalgamates like, OK, there's going to be a, there's going to be some popular Netflix properties. There's going to be some popular Amazon properties. This is what I'm thinking is going to happen. Yes. Like the bubbles. It seems like the bubbles bursting right now. Yeah. We're in the midst of it. Agreed. Something's going to change. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? And Netflix, they they've kind of led the charge in terms of like changing their business model for the better. Obviously, like the- well, I mean, Netflix started out as mailing DVDs to people. So, yeah, well, they've yeah. Been very adaptable. So. And then there was that whole thing about like, I remember seeing this thing once there was talking about how Blockbuster had the chance to be, you know, 
um, sort That's of right. streaming service, but take that model. They didn't want to do that because twelve percent of their revenue comes from late fees, mm. and so wow. they didn't want to sacrifice that twelve percent of their revenue. Wow. How's that work out for you, Blockbuster? Yeah, exactly. So they didn't move to the streaming service model, but this could have been like we could have been blockbustering and chilling. Right? <laughs> no kidding. How wild oh, is that? I Jeez. miss it. I miss it. I mean, it was so much yeah. easier. It was so much. It was such a better time. <laughs> what to go to a blockbuster video and pick out a movie? Yeah, when you get to see the the, the they're not posters, the cover of the movie, and mm-hmm. you would pick it out strictly on the cover. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I, I still it. say to this day, my favorite job outside of like being able to work in radio was working in a video store. Totally, I believe that. Yeah, yeah, it is something of a bygone era, and it's too bad it's gone, but. I still think we're living in a good future, but I agree that something's going to happen. I don't think any of us have quite nailed what the solution might be to this whole horrible problem, mm-hmm. but there's got to be something. I, I don't know what it is. If it's, just, yeah, exactly. You know, because you make a good point, Kirsten, about the money not being there, and then where does the money come from? Where should the money come from? Should it, should separate studios be making the content and the streamers just work on streaming and, and, and work on getting that cost down to as little as possible with as many subscribers? as possible for it guys I don't know what about like I liked Brian's suggestion but it will never happen well maybe it will uh, of there being another streaming service that gets involved mm. and it just streams all of the stuff from Netflix Paramount HBO whatever and like Select they, stuff, they don't make original content because yeah. that's the problem and yeah. I'm not saying the original content is bad because some of it is really good sure. and it's, we've Expensive. seen We've seen properties come to life that never would have on a network TV. Um, but, I mean, I like that solution. Will that ever happen? Probably not. Maybe the solution is, okay, um, Yeah. you can have Netflix back the way it was with no original content on mm-hmm. it. So you don't get your Stranger Things or your House of Cards or your whatever, your Witcher. Um, and you have to pay extra to get that stuff. So maybe it's like instead of this ad tier oh, they're putting yeah. in, maybe, okay, listen, you can for $5... You can have Netflix Basic or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then, oh, you want all access to all of our TV shows. And they could market it in a way that, like, hey, you getting access to all these TV shows are helping us make the TV shows you like and be real transparent about that. So, okay, now for eight, $9, whatever a month, you get access to all of our originals and your, I don't know, they, you give you, it would be like Netflix creator or something like that. And you get, like, you're helping all of these things get made and make people feel really Interesting. good about themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well... Whatever it is, you know, it'll have to be something that's pretty disruptive. Like, here's an idea even. What if we go back to the day of just buying individual shows? Remember when you would go and you would just pick up the DVD of The Sopranos from the Best Buy and then go home and watch it? Um, Maybe that's what we need to do here now is like, hey, Netflix has put out Stranger Things. Well, I don't have a subscription to Netflix because that's a waste of money. All right. Well, you can buy Stranger Things. This season is $10. Hey, can you not do that with with Stranger yeah, Things? Because I know you with some shows you could. Because like White Lotus, I think you could buy that whole. Season. Can you really? I think so. Because that's Cause HBO. Interesting. That's exactly right too, right? It's like there will become a point maybe where I'm thinking like, wow, I pay for Crave, but all I'm watching is the White Lotus. Mm-hmm. Um, it, right now, it makes sense to me that I pay the twenty bucks, whatever it is, for Crave plus HBO. But I, if I watch one show a month on Crave, which I generally do because HBO puts consistently such good product out every month. Okay, you know it was funny too, right? Because it was 
like, uh, I didn't even think about it, but yeah, House of the Dragon, straight into White Lotus, mm -hmm. right? So I'm always getting my money's worth there, but let's say it doesn't. Well, let's say it does make more sense to just buy the individual shows. Maybe a model like that springs up somewhere. Like maybe the iTunes movies, you know, iTunes video, whatever oh, it was. Wow. Right? When yeah. you just would buy those shows individually. I bought a season of Boardwalk Empire <laughs> that I thought I was going to watch on a flight. Like this is 10 years ago. I still haven't watched it. It's still sitting in my <laughs> iTunes. But um, yeah, maybe that's the way it happens, which is what I think would be a shame because that shit gets expensive. I think I paid $50 mm -hmm. for a single season of Boardwalk Empire. Yeah. Oh, yeah, when you look at those, when you break those prices down, can, but it can be ridiculous. I think they were setting those prices, though, based on like what DVDs would sell for. Yeah. So now, hopefully, if this disruptive thing happens, it's based on what we're used to paying monthly for subscription services, and that's still around the $15 a month mark. Yeah, I mean, I found myself renting more movies on like iTunes or Apple TV or whatever. Oh my god, yeah. sidebar that we'll get to at some point. It is so stupid how you rent movies on TV. Like, so I tried to rent something. There was a movie I tried to rent. I think it was Texas Chainsaw Massacre and it was uh -huh. available on both Amazon Prime, Apple TV, and something else. And I was like, okay, well, I'll just rent it through Apple TV. And then it was like, it came up on my TV screen. It was like, okay, now open your phone and on your phone, oh, go no. to Apple TV and get it to purchase it there. And I was like, the fuck? No, I'm on my TV. No. I don't like so then I was like, uh -huh. well, fuck that. I'm going to go to Amazon. Go to Amazon. Okay, now go to Amazon on your phone and oh, log into your account. No. I was like, Jeez. what is this shit? And you know no. who had the best user experience for renting a movie? YouTube. Google? YouTube. Oh, yeah. YouTube. Okay. Yeah, YouTube did. Like, because I could, uh, on my TV, pick YouTube and rent it from my TV without having to open another app. It was stupid. Unbelievable. Anyway, I find myself renting more movies because the price is pretty good. It's like $2.99, $3.99 or something like that to rent these movies, mm -hmm. as long as they're not new releases. Um mm -hmm. And it was nice and easy, and I don't have to worry about pirating it. And mm -hmm. yeah, so if TV shows... We're also, they brought the cost down, so you're not paying $50 for Boardwalk Empire. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would absolutely buy a whole TV show. I know. It's such a stupid thing that, like, we've been so tricked. I can't, like, add up the amount of money that I have straight wasted on streaming services, mm -hmm. by which I mean I've paid the monthly fee, but and not watched, watched a single thing from that yeah. service that month. Mm -hmm. Pile up that money next to the amount of money that, yeah, like I still haven't watched any Rick and Morty because it's not on any streamer, but I see it. It is there available to buy for like a buck an episode, and I'm like, one buck? Mm -hmm. Yeah, no way, right? Like, I don't know why that weird mental barrier exists, but I feel like it exists for a lot of us, that streaming is just, oh, that's just cost of doing business these days that's just a part of life that's your new cable subscription service whereas you know buying bespoke uh, shows that you want to watch because it's only one because I think you it's the same thing it's the same decision you're you're buying that streaming service subscription based on like one or maybe two shows but then there's the promise of infinite shows <laughs> but guess what it's infinite trash mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing too like you do when you when you buy them, you, you buy them. You're not renting those TV shows, mm -hmm. right? You get to have access to them forever. You can watch them on an airplane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, I don't know. Who it's knows? like, I don't, you know what I would never subscribe to is one of those subscription boxes. 
Oh, I've had those before. They're fun. Of course you I have. I like them. Yeah, of course you do. Yeah. I, but I just like, with my somewhat minimalist lifestyle, the, the idea of more and more junk being delivered to my house. Oh, no. The one that I subscribed to was like, um, oh, what was it called? It was called like Japan Box. <laughs> and it was like oh. all food and candy and treats from wow. Japan. I mean, that's different. Oh, that's consumable. Yeah. And it was so much fun. They sent you like the weirdest thing. Like they had like a Sakura Blossom Coke in there. Yeah. Like anyway, so yeah, no, I like it anyway. I, like I came it. this close to ordering that one. Oh, it's so good. Do it, do it. Do Th- it yeah, but that's food. That's, I'm not talking about food. I'm talking okay. about the ones that like will send you more and more pencil toppers. Like, hey, do you like uh, the Harry Potter? We're gonna send you more and more Hufflepuff pencil toppers every yeah. single. And I actually a bunch of crap. also had a Harry Potter subscription oh. box. Nah. Yeah, course, yeah. <laughs> but that's what they, they send you junk every month. I got a couple T-shirts that I wear to bed. Amazing. I'm sure it was worth these services. So that's what I got to think of these TV subscription ads. They're just shoveling trash into your house. Okay. And you wanted one or two pencil toppers. Just go out and buy the pencil topper. (laughs) Okay. Good discussion. Shall we move on? Mm -hmm. Oh, my goodness. Last two pieces in Geek News proper. Sausage Party colon Foodtopia is a series that will be that is in development with the original cast. So that's Seth Rogen, uh, Kirsten Wig, Michael Sarah, David Crumholz, and uh, Edward Norton Jr. Mm. And um, yeah, also also now Will Forte, Sam Richardson, mm. Natasha Rothwell, uh, Yasser Lester. Um, so yeah, an eight <laughs> episode limited run. Coming to Prime Video sometime. I am just happy that it's on Prime Video because my kids don't really typically go on Prime Video. Ever. <laughs> and they're going to see the they're thumbnail. We're like, let's watch this. Feed. Yeah, they're scrolling through my feed on Netflix. And then Sausage Party has come up as one of like the, oh, no. the choices. <laughs> they see it and it's like, oh, cool, cartoon thing. About food. Let's About watch food. it. And I'm like, no. So <laughs> grabbing the remote, diving. No. Why is that hot dog standing at that angle? <laughs> okay. Right. That's the trail. That's the poster for Sausage Party, isn't it? It's like yeah. I did not enjoy the movie. No, the movie's not good. Oh, I loved the movie. I oh, did it was you? Hilarious. Okay, yeah. so has it become cult favorite enough that there should be an eight episode prime video series in development? Good question. Uh no, because I think that like the movie had like, you know, it was sold to you as this raunchy Seth Rogen comedy, but it was about food, but really it was um, like a commentary on religion and how you know religion um, can be bad and good and like it's a big commentary on on religion and and wars yeah. and things like that oh wow neat. which i thought and i mean i got that i i understood oh, i know that i know part, you you're like just... the the fancy movie guy you probably picked up other <laughs> like no but yeah, yeah like so the thing is though is like my what what got me to hit play on it or did i watch it in theaters i don't even remember oh that. my god <laughs> but what what actually had me intrigued was like oh that the the trailer was hilarious mm-hmm. because you, yeah. it starts off very innocent and then all of a sudden this boom a very alive potato is getting peeled you know oh, it's I forgot about that alive. scene yeah, yeah. Oh my god. and it's like everybody's swearing and everything and it's like oh funny funny and then after <laughs> watching the trailer maybe twice or three times i'm like Okay, novelty's worn off. Yeah, uh, yeah. And then yeah. you, you know, yeah, you you start to pick up on like, okay, well, this is the subtleties of like actually what is in the writing of, of this. But it's still, I felt it still kind of leaned on that. Oh, it's just, it's funny to watch 
cartoon food swear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. That gets old. I, well, that's it. Maybe I didn't get to the religious commentary because. Wait, have you not seen it? I, well, I watched like half of it, and I I was watching it with friends, and they were like, "This sucks. Let's turn it off." Oh. It's not, it wasn't working for us. Oh, as you a didn't comedy. get to the orgy scene, did you? So when I get to the orgy, oh my god, what? Oh, no, that's so it? good. They all like do drugs or something. And uh, like, really? uh, it's hilarious. Yeah. Um, wow. I, anyway, like I really liked the movie. Um, and, but d- does it deserve a limited series? I, I don't know about that because, like, I thought it got its message across. So I would be afraid mm. that this series would be kind of like what Brian's takeaway was about it's just food doing stupid, raunchy things. Yeah, like, yeah. I feel like they've hit, they've already hit that like other message and they're not going to hit it again mm. and this is just going to be raunchy food comedy well i mean like it's the same thing with uh, do you remember last christmas sarah silverman put out that i think it was like a claymation animated uh thing about the elves at the north pole and it was the same kind of thing it's, oh yeah yeah yeah. Do, yeah do you remember that but it was just like, like i put it on being like okay let's see what you got here and it's the same thing it's like the elves swear and have sex with each other. Oh, can yeah, you imagine? I, that. I think I watched like the first two episodes. Yeah, and I was can like, you hey, absolutely yeah. imagine that a cute thing might swear and have sex with each other? Yeah, I guess. You know, it's, it's the same with this. It's just like it just gets so old so quickly to me. I think it's just such a silly, lazy, juvenile, way, like cheap way to get laughs. Although I do love the image of Brian, like a big baby, sitting in front of a trailer and just going like this. Why, why Brian? <laughs> that's what why he would said. I flail my arms like that's what he said. His arms he said he funny. was watching the trailer and he went like this. Funny. <laughs> wow. That's your reaction. It just reminded me of a big baby being like, you think, Kirsten, this eight episode series is going to follow the thread that they followed at the end of the movie about like, oh, because so, like the whole revelation was that like food in, in a grocery, like they're all being tortured and stuff and cooked. Mm-hmm. And then they get to this revelation was like, oh, somebody wrote a movie about us getting tortured and and cooked. Let's go find this Seth Rogen. And uh, uh-huh. oh, do you think that can carry for eight episodes? <laughs> Because that was like that was like the, yeah. the end of the movie, and he's like, "Oh, are they gonna have a sequel where like they're actually chasing and killing Seth Rogen and <laughs> Goldberg?" And- Maybe like Is that yeah, how the movie I mean ended? It, that makes yeah. I don't even remember that part, but yeah, um, I mean like funny. somewhat spoiler alert for. Sausage party. Yeah. If you're gonna watch <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe that would make sense, but like, yeah, I think like the reason why at least it worked for me was that other commentary in there. Mm. Um, so to just then be like, we're gonna go get Seth Rogen. Um, I mean, but then maybe yeah. they'll write some really clever commentary on like creators and why they write things and why they do things the way they do. So. I mean, yeah. I should give them credit because um, like Evan Goldberg and, and Seth Rogen do write really great things so but it's just like yeah the execution sometimes I don't know why why it's getting greenlit but hey you know what if all the original cast are involved I'm sure they've read a treatment and they believe in it right yeah there's got to be a reason to bring all those people back Mm -hmm. you know what it's funny though too because like on the weekend I watched half of this is the end oh yeah which half Oh yeah, the the uh, the other star of this is not a good person anymore. I shouldn't. <laughs> I shouldn't oh boy. Oh, oh James boy. Franco. James Franco. Oh, All God. right, this didn't have the good brother Dave. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
All right. Well, speaking of things that probably should be in the past, ABC has announced the prank panel with Johnny Knoxville, Eric Andre, and Gabri Sidibe. Oh boy, Gabri Sidibe, Oscar-winning actress, bud. Do you remember from Precious? Uh, oh yes, yes. I just I have never had occasion to say her name out loud. Oh. Um, so yeah, it's looking to show up sure in 2023 and be be a prank show, which. Um, I am not sure is still working in 2023 when everybody is very anxious to sue people for, you know, emotional damage or whatever if they have low senses of humor or uh, mm. possibly terribly get hurt during mm. a prank or something. So, yeah, hard to say how this one will fly, honestly, but I'm sure there will be some kind of audience for it. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, well, but I think you're forgetting also, bud, that everyone would like to be famous. And so oh, everyone yeah. is willing to sign a agreement or a uh, release or whatever, right? Especially in the moment, in the heat of the passion. You know, yeah. Johnny Knoxville jumps out of the cake and, uh, yeah, you're horribly scarred by it. But it's Johnny Knoxville, so sure, I'll sign whatever. Um, I just you find a good point. this is like... Uh, to go from the the glory days of Jackass, where it was like so subversive counterculture for these skateboard guys to be making a show where they all get kicked in the nuts, and right, it's just like this, this cutting edge and very ca- counterculture moment. To now this fall on ABC, and it's like uh, you know from the network that bought you Candid Camera back in the nineteen fifties, uh, th- we just get them to sit on a panel. They're not doing anything cool themselves. They're just having having a chit chat or they're critiquing or whatever it is who that yeah. i guess this is growing up and uh feels <laughs> feels lame and feeling it yeah and i'm feeling it my hip hurts like it feels lame <laughs> honestly <laughs> It feels That's lame fair. for it to be on ABC. Yeah, ABC was weird when I was like, oh, is MTV bringing this back? Right. Like, what alternative? No, it's Disney-owned ABC. Like, Right? Wow. I mean, listen, there's a bunch of prank shows and people on YouTube, YouTubers that are famous for uh-huh. doing pranks, right? And the thing is, though, a lot of these famous YouTubers, their pranks are fake, right? They fake. It's fake yeah. reality. Um, and so maybe that's what this is going to be. And they're just capitalizing. They've gone on YouTube. They're like, all my kids watch this stupid whoever and their prank that they sure, do. Yeah. Let's and, make it too. And we so, need money. Yeah. So that maybe that's what this is. Um, but also the audience is weird with like Johnny Knoxville right? and Eric Andre. Like it's a weird combination of hosts. Yeah, like Eric Andre doesn't need to do this. <laughs> right? Like Johnny Knoxville is the elder statesman. I think that this thing doesn't exist unless you have Johnny Knoxville on it. Like either any other of the other jackass guys, this thing would not be marquee name enough to go. But so so but it is wild that it's Knoxville. Like Knoxville doesn't need to be doing this. And then Eric Andre he is like the new torchbearer. He's the new tip of the spear here of pranksmanship, right? Like what? Why do you do this? Like, he has cool things to do. Am I... And Gabrielle Sinebe, what? Mm-hmm. Does she love pranks that we don't know about? <laughs> like, that's another weird... That in itself, I feel like we're all getting a little bit pranked that she's even on there. <laughs> I I don't know. It's, a, it's an odd thing. Hey, Paul, while um, Kirsten prepares the 91-second movie review, could you please, please read your line from the intro? Mm, I'd love to. Thank you. 
Have you been smashing that face over there? No, because I didn't think you deserved them. Wow. Oh! oh! <laughs> the wow. sincerity on her face as she said that. <laughs> Bird's eye view, when we press F8 on the keyboard while we're recording, it leaves little markers so we know, so Paul knows when he's editing when to put in the new, new pieces of music. Can you press it now at least so that I can put the little bird chirps when he says bird's eye view? <laughs> yeah. I d- oh. <laughs> okay, ready? Yep. That's it for Geek News Proper. Now we're on to Brian's 91-second movie review of All Quiet on the Western Front. And now... A Zone at 91.3, 91-second movie review. Five, four, three, two, and... Action! All Quiet on the Western Front tells the story of a young German soldier on the Western Front of World War I. Prior to hitting play on a movie like this, or cracking open the book for that matter, I would usually need to breathe a sigh of mental preparation as I know it's bound to take an emotional toll. And it certainly did just that. I have a fairly sharp memory of my time with this novel in high school. It's one of a handful of books that really stuck with me, managing to transcend my poor teenaged attitude towards homework reading. And it's incredible how timely and relevant this story remains today. While it's definitely a difficult film to watch, the distressing violence punctuates the importance of the story's commentary on war. It also amazes me how a film can be both beautiful with its cinematography and relentlessly brutal with an immersive portrayal of trench warfare. I should mention that it's not all violence and bloodshed, though there is a lot of that, but All Quiet on the Western Front manages to have a good balance between its quieter moments of reflection and intense battle sequences, and each moment away from the front line manages to effectively raise the emotional stakes for when our characters are back in the trenches. I'll admit that prior to hitting play, I really only knew of actor Daniel Rule, but the film star Felix Kammerer gives a fantastic performance, portraying a depth of emotion with a single look. And the rest of the cast is also pretty great in this. If you're into films about the harrowing realities of war, this adaptation of All Quiet on the Western Front is definitely worth your time. But if you're like me, viewing this film because curiosity from an old high school reading assignment has gotten the better of you, have a palate cleanser ready for after your watch. Cut! Mm. That's a wrap! No, it's too late. Please smash F8 here. I put us all together. <laughs> this is going to be difficult for me. Difficult? This is going to be difficult, difficult indeed. Difficult. <laughs> you can get all of Brian's 91 second movie reviews at thezone.fm slash movies. Okay, um, coming soon. No, <laughs> Today on Buzz Weekly Geek Out. <laughs> 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 what do we got? 1930, 1959, 1979, 2018, um, and now 2022. Heck of a heck of a legacy for that movie and all the remakes of it. Oh, there's been that uh, many? Yeah. Uh, I only watched the 1931. I was surprised, too. I uh, thought there was just the original and then this one. Because um, I was I, I went into this search thinking like, oh, who thinks they've got the right to this 1930 classic? And I'm like, oh, no, there's been a bunch of these things. Mm-hmm. M
kind of more updated version. Uh, the it's it's pretty <laughs> realistic in in terms of what you're seeing. Mm. Sure, it's pretty crazy. Um, it does kind of remind me because I do remember it was like I think it was only a couple years ago that I watched 1917, right? Right. And there was with 1917, you obviously one you're getting it from a different point of view, <laughs> very <laughs> different point of view. And then it's the novelty of the like the, that really got me into it was the novelty of like the single shot. Right? Mm. Soldier over uh, over one sh- you know continuous shot. Um, so it did kind of remind me of that. You're not obviously doing that. There's, it's not a singular shot in this, and it does, does take place over, you know, uh, I don't know if it was like over a year. It, it takes place over an extended period of time, obviously. <sighs> but uh, but yeah, it uh, it it really is an insane thing to watch. It, hmm. It's crazy. It's really good, really well done. Wow. And uh, if you're watching it, it's all also all in german and then some french as well so you really have to read those subtitles quick um i'm and there's uh, some points too where i actually ended up re-watching some of the scenes and then switching the audio track to english which is also very confusing too because like the people that overdub it in english are speaking in a british accent Uh, oh wow and so that's that becomes the very confusing and so like that's why i like a lot of it i was like okay i better watch it with you know the originals um yeah yeah weird well oh man it it looks incredible and i don't know man i I don't know when i'm i'll be in the mood for like this kind of a real epic thing you know what i mean and you never really are unless you're really into war movies like you never really are oh point you know what like remembrance day coming up that's part of the reason what made me hit play yeah yeah fair yeah, like like I remember I spent a Remembrance Day one time watching like Saving Private Ryan, which I had never seen. Or um what's the other really good war one that's so good? Love the smell of napalm in the morning. No, no. Like, like brothers or Yeah, it was a World War Two one, I think. Um, yeah, one of the epics. Anyhow, these movies are incredible. Like they can tell like such such harrowing stories not to mention like yeah i'm like into the history of it so so maybe that's one of the days you just kind of sit down and and uh and plow through this thing and sit with your feelings about it but oh wow good i'm so glad you actually chose this one for a review actually brian and if you like if you do remember the book from high school obviously you know how it ends but it's like no less of like a punch to the gut kind of thing like you, you, mm. you're still kind of there's still like this glimmer of hope, like oh, hopefully oh, everything's gonna. You know. oh, oh, oh wait, you never heard, you never read the book. We Sorry. never read the book Sorry. in school. Yeah, yeah. So oh, okay. careful there. Yeah, and I've never seen any of the other adaptations. So this will this will really floor it's, me. It's, I guess. Honestly, it's 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 a wonderful like as start as far as like you know stories about war and and stuff. This is probably one of the stories that you really should yeah. either read or watch. Wow. Okay. All right. Do we have any discussion? I, I just don't even know where we are. Uh, do we have any discussion we need to have about House of the Dragon or the Rings of Power or Andor? I think all of them. Right? No. Well, you, you Kirsten missed. and Bud had a really good discussion on uh, Rings, Rings, Rings. Yeah, you and oh, and Brian and it was a, really a nightmare to listen to for me. Oh, <laughs> oh here comes Sorry. the screaming. Mm-hmm. Are you going to do that right now? Because I'm going to turn down my... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, Brian doesn't want spoilers. Oh really? Well, yeah. I, um, get a hold of this thing, bud. Let's let's. Why don't we do all three of these uh, in their own good time? Perfect. Another time. Then We've got we time will, though. 
that doesn't mean that we have to fill the space. We'll do a little uh, bit. Of a little, how about just a little bit on each? That's all. Uh, do okay. we talk? I don't even know if we talked about the finale of Hot D. Yeah, you and I did, and Bud decanned. Yeah. All oh, right. Okay. So, so Bud, I'm not there yet. Are you there now? Nope. But Kirsten. Oh. Great. Moving on. <laughs> Raise power. Uh, all right. Okay. Well, just real quick here, you two. Oh no! Wait, no. But oh, Brian no. doesn't want to listen to a spoiler. Right, You're going to yell at us about a spoiler. We'll, we'll right yell now. when you come back. Yeah, yeah. yeah take him, take him off yeah. there, Brian. Okay. Oh, it's upsetting. Are you meaning to tell me that I'm the sorry. stranger is Gandalf? Wait, have you not watched this? What are you talking about? Yes, of what course. Are you, what are you finding upsetting? He that, said the Gandalf line. He said the Gandalf line. That's upsetting. It's not Gandalf. That's not Gandalf's story. You can't make this guy Gandalf. Why not? That's not how Gandalf goes there. They don't know the rights to all of how Gandalf goes there, so they changed it. Upsetting! <laughs> so you, ha- you haven't seen it. You're just upset at the concept. No, I saw it. Oh, okay, yeah. Okay, I saw it. tell me. So okay. it's doubly upsetting. I'm sorry. In the Silmarillion, which is not even a real book story, whatever, annals, how does Gandalf go there? All the Astari, mm-hmm. which are the five wizards, mm-hmm. arrive in Middle-earth, okay, in the garb of old men, oh. right? They're angelic beings, so, and they take so the form yeah, so far this of is old men. Yes. This guy's not that so old. Uh-huh. So far is following. They Older. arrive in Middle-earth on boats! Okay. Uh, so so we, we changed one thing. The boat. Star. But maybe that no, was it was supposed no, to be a misdirect and they're, because and they're not Oh my god. Why it's just that's just one thing. It's just you're mad and they're not he wasn't like on a boat? No, because that's not how they arrive. They arrive, they know what they're up to. They come oh. there. Okay. Gandalf's story actually is very important and he shows up so much later as well. Mm-hmm. It's very important that Gandalf arrives in the Grey Havens, the last of the five wizards. Mm-hmm. Okay. Exactly when he intends to. Exactly when he intends to. Mm-hmm. He seems to to be the shortest and the least of all, right? In his gray cloaks. The other ones are kind of like the blue wizards show up. I think they're first. Mm-hmm. And they've got these beautiful blue cloaks. And then comes Saruman in white. Mm-hmm. Okay, the leader of the order, the tallest and wisest of them, okay? And then and he's like a big deal. And then comes Radagast, who's a little bit like <laughs> of a mess. But, yeah. but he gets there in brown. He doesn't arrive a mess. He like, he kind of... Frigs off and falls in love with animals once he's there. He becomes there. a mess. Great. He becomes more of a mess. Gandalf shows up kind of humbly in gray, and it's very important to his backstory that then the the elf who's there to greet him at the Grey Havens on, to let him off the boat recognizes that he's actually has the most potential. They oh. bond, and then he gives him the elven ring of fire for safekeeping. And to aid him in his quest against Sauron, which at Whoa. this point is very f- long after the f- events we're supposed to be seeing in this show. Well, maybe, w- why can't it be, if it is Gandalf, which I'm assuming it is, even though they haven't called him that name, why can't it be then that this is just like a previous iteration of Gandalf and maybe he will die or whatever, or go to the whatever land or some crap <sighs> will happen to him. And he'll oh boy, go back oh to his world, and then he'll come back on a boat. Because, later. because why can't that? Why can't both be? Because, 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 because this show is inventing what a wonderful, wonderful wiz- wizard he was. Yeah. This wizard show is inventing bullshit just so they can cram in a wizard character. And no, that's, 
just so they can be, just so you all can sit up Leonardo DiCaprio vibes, point at the screen and be like, he did the line. He did the line I remember from the movies that I liked when I was young. Back when my back didn't hurt, he did the line from that. I hate that. Okay, you don't do that to a character as beloved as Gandalf. You don't change his story in such a profound way. But I don't think it is. I, I don't think that these two things can't exist at the same time. He can still be the wizard you know and love who shows up at the Grey Havens and gets the ring because he has the most potential and still be the stranger. I'm upset about it. Mm. I'm upset about it. And I love what you all say about, like, oh, he bonds with the Harfoots and that's why he always just got some love spot for the Hobbits. Like, I, I like oh, no. that. I like that. But it just doesn't reconcile with the fact that they're trying to tell two totally different stories at once. They're trying, you know what I mean? Like they just, so we're so, don't turn me down. (laughs) (laughs) They're so desperate to have their Gandalf that they completely didn't care about that part of the story and like that part of the mythology. It's not okay. But I don't think they didn't not care. I don't understand why these two things can't be. They can both be. They can both be, and you can still have your story it and this scandal. It takes a huge amount of retcon. I don't think so. What if he just dies and comes down on a boat later and knows his true purpose? And that's why he's like, oh, wow, I'm extra mad now. But he's still using the same Fruit Loops line. Bud, question? Two questions. Uh, one, uh, will this stop you from uh, exploring season two? Is there going to be one? Oh, undoubtedly. If season two dropped tomorrow, would you watch it? Yeah, that's a great question. I don't know. I like. I'm upset. Okay. I am upset about it. I am mad about that. Yeah. Um, s- second question: What if, much like Westworld, we are dealing with two disparate timelines? Oh. We don't know any of these world. We don't know that these two worlds, the Harfoot world and um, the world of elves and whatnot, are connected. Oh my god! Right. You know we don't know they're happening concurrently. That would be absolutely wonderful. But if that was the case, yeah, because you're right. The, the never the two storylines entwine. Yeah. Um, yeah, that would make a whole hell of a lot of sense, actually. But it's then- the only way in my mind that I can reconcile these two stories, as as you know, with the mm-hmm. way you're describing. Well, that's uh, it, right? It's so well established that the wizards come so much later in the story, like. A thousand years later or something yeah. like that. Or maybe 2000. It's like it's wild how disparate they are. And so for them to cram him in there and put him in a meteor and make a big mystery out of it, like, holy mackerel. Like, it's upsetting. So, yeah, you're right. That would be. But then <laughs> then the excuse to put him in a meteor is even worse. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And and also, at that time, you I mean, don't we're, know that we're meteor wasn't that, a like, boat. We're trying to think that. It could have been a sky boat. I mean, like, Harfords <laughs> are supposed to be like proto hobbits. Right, that's the reason why they're Harfoots and not Hobbits, is because it happened so long ago. So I don't know. Maybe that kind of pokes holes in your theory right there. Oh yeah. God, it's upsetting you too. Okay, I'm sorry. Also, I have to clear it up because y'all were were like uh, curious about Sauron and like, isn't he the same thing as a as a <laughs> as a wizard or whatever? And I said. Uh, uh, asking if Sauron is an Istari, that's like saying, is Thanos Thor? It's so <laughs> it's, they're, they're so different. But they're also actually similar. Sauron was a Maiar spirit, but of a much higher order. Uh, the the wizards are all also that type of Maiar, but they're 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 much lower, much less powerful. And the Astari is the name for, like, the specific order of wizards. So it's just those five that, again, come to Middle-earth dressed as old men. Um, 
Yeah, that's so. So Sauron is like similar but different, I suppose. And so is a Balrog, actually. That's what makes uh, Gandalf and a Balrog such kind of evenly matched um, spirits. Wild. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're all just they're all from the ancient world and blah blah blah. So, anyways, um, so I'm sorry that thing bothered me. And um, who? Are, so now I'm fuzzy on this because I did fall asleep. <laughs> <laughs> Who were the three bald ladies that he was fighting? What was that about? They were just like people, they were like, not servants, but they were like believers of Sauron and they were coming to get Sauron to and help, help him. Sauron, yeah. but then they realized. But they were also like oh, fallen they elves. they thought that like, that was Sauron. Yeah, they were also like fallen elves, like kind of like the dude mm. that is leading the orcs. The orcs. Like yeah, there's yeah. some sort of fallen order of elves that mm. are helping Sauron. And and see, like, that was kind of a neat misdirect as well, because the whole show loves to just misdirect you on who is Sauron. And when that elf guy shows up and he's leading the orcs Mm -hmm. and he's just kind of tall and handsome and a bit frigged up, you're like, oh, there he is. There's Sauron, right? And they're calling him Allfather or whatever, right? That was a really neat misdirect. and, And instead... They, that leans into some like established stuff that the orcs are a race that were they were elves that were taken right by Morgoth and like twisted and frigged mm. up and tortured into the new race of orcs. And so uh, that guy, I can't even remember his name now, but like he was supposed to be the first one who did who it happened to. And so all the orcs, you know, kind of follow him and he still kind of looks elvish, but he's, you know, his mind is broken by by torture and all that, so he's evil. But but you know, to think, oh, that might be Sauron. Oh, that's kind of a need misdirect. The uh, what's his name, Hallbrand uh, reveal. Yeah, good enough, I guess. Uh, yeah, cool. Pretty wow. Star Trek, pretty quick. Yeah, one thing that you you were like, what? I don't understand. Why? How did Sauron get to be an eye and whatever? Like, mm-hmm. can he change? Yeah, that's one of the things about Sauron is that he can. Back then, he could easily change forms. Whoa! And so Sauron, the deceiver, and there's a line I think from Galadriel where she calls him a deceiver. Yeah, that's that was one of his names, Sauron, the deceiver, yeah. the accursed, whatever. And so that was one of the things he did. He was he made himself very beautiful, and so I guess we're supposed to believe that Halbrand is so hot, um, right? And that's why he he deceived them by being like, I'm a cool guy. I'm nice. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and helping them make the rings of power. And then there's the famous line, but they were all of them deceived because then he goes back and, uh, to the mountain and makes the one ring to control them all. But, oh, so brilliant. But the thing is that, yeah, that's right. And he, so he, so he gets defeated one time. So maybe that happens in season two and then he can stop changing form so he can ch- stop switching into a beautiful version of himself. That happens. So he has to stay ugly Dark Lord monster version of Sauron. And then when he's defeated again, then he loses all physical form. And then that's why he becomes the Great Eye. Okay. 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 Wild. But why yeah, yeah, yeah. Why did he want to hang out in Numenor and just be a smith? What was that about? I didn't get that. Well, I think that's because he had this little plan to- That's the long con. That's the long con. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, to like be like, I'll help you to how to make these rings. This is the deceiver. He blends in. But he, he didn't. He, he, if he was hanging out in Numenor, like you needed Celebrimbor to make those, right? Like mm-hmm. he needed an Elven Smith. Yeah, that's right. And that so, was his. That somehow was, he knew he was going to make his way there. I guess. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, 
That's kind of interesting, I guess. I gosh, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't. I think the show is is too hit and miss. Um, I wish it was better, honestly. Um, and I and I wish they wouldn't take these wild um, departures, especially with a, a character like Gandalf. That's it. Bombs me out. I, if they well, thank you, thank you, Encyclopedia Paltanica. And honestly, like I suppose it is my ignorance that gives me such bliss in this show. Sure. I, no, I, did I think fully this enjoy is just it, Paul. I think Paul is a big uh, ruin my childhood vibes. Over absolutely here. not. <laughs> absolutely not. I would love to have Art in here who does who has love more than me even for like the the actual thing that they're um, adapting here. You know, Cimmerillion. Yeah. Yeah, I would like to know. Yeah, about he that. seems to have a good knowledge of that. Yeah. All right, should we bring back Brian? Yeah. Oh, one, one other thing, though. Oh. Wait, wait, wait. Don't, don't say wait, it. Wait. Don't say it. Stop, 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 stop. Brian's about to put his headphones back on. Uh, this doesn't, okay. That's okay. Brian, that, this won't be ruined. Um, one thing I always thought about would be really neat to see is, like, you guys talked about the Palantirs last week, the Seeing Stones. Yeah. I always thought it'd be really neat to see. You can invent this, because this isn't any of the books or whatever, but, like, if that's how Sauron became the Eye, is he, like, swirled his little spirit thing around one of the Seeing Stones and that's what gave him the vision to see so far. You know, that's why he is connected. He's like, this is a good network. It's got good coverage. I can yeah, see everything. Exactly, right? And that's why he's so connected to the Seeing Stones, right? Mm-hmm. Like, So it, did did that, that uh, king? Uh, 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 Bri- is Brian listening? No, no, I don't think he is. Okay. Brian, you're not listening, right? Okay. No, good. No, no. The King Palantir. Mm-hmm. It's like, why, why is his name and the name of the Seeing Stones the same? Yeah, great question. I don't know. I was, I, okay. Are we supposed to believe that the stones are named after him or he's the one who that's what I, it That's out, what or? I was curious about, yeah. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you can. there's a lot there you can do with. Like, why is Sauron, why does he have such a connection to the seeing stones? And why is it that, like, as soon as you touch those seeing stones, you're immediately connected to Sauron, right? Like, Oof, that's kind yeah. of the point of those is that they connect to each other. I'm very curious about that part. Yeah, and that would that would be our big thing to, for him to have. So, uh, and then connect it to the, the great eye. But, um, yeah, sure. I'll, um, I'm, I'm glad you two liked it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're bringing back Brian. Brian, Brian, come on back now. Come on back. Now? Happy. Yeah, yes. Now. There you go. Hi. Like, I like, turned it up a little bit and I just see Bud going, stop, 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 stop. Yeah. Sorry. Thank you. Thank down, you for down. stopping. All right. Let's get some good music in here. Let's, let's talk about the White Lotus. Season two, episode one, set in Sicily. Chow is the name of the episode. Do, do we all watch? Have we all watched? The new, the new theme song, Paul? Oh, absolutely. Oh, you've, I've got to. Yeah. I told you. Yeah. I yeah. feel like I get a caboose. Yes, you did, Kirsten. For a theme song, but Italian. Hit F8 and I'll give yeah, you a F8 for that caboose on, on Kirsten, knowing the theme song would be the theme song, but Italian. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just letting these cabooses fly these days. Eh? <laughs> they, they let a few bars go by before they introduced that. And I was like, so when that came in, I was like, oh, 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 there it is. <laughs> the Leo thing. Yeah. Leo pointing meme. Yeah. And and yeah. during the episode, too, there was like hints of the original score to the like the breathy yeah. kind of it's like non lyrics. Just the, the vocalizations are in there mm-hmm. at some point. I was like, oh, this is bringing me back. Oh, God. Yeah. I love how a couple weeks ago we were speculating on whether or not there would be a body. Okay, spoilers. Yeah, okay, sure. Hit, F8 hit for baby. spoilers, please. Spoiler! I'm right here! Spoiler! Thank you. No, there wasn't a body. There were a few. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's a heck of an opening. Yeah, I was watching it with somebody last night and who hadn't seen a, uh, season one. 
And I was kind of like, yeah. So in the first in the first season, yeah, like it starts with a because she's like, so is there going to be a murder? Is there going to be like what? What's going on here? Like what's the show about? Is there going to be a murder? And Paul's like, it's already happened. And then there it is. And and then I was like, so yeah, that's what happened in the first season. So we'll see what happens. And then it's like the exact same thing where they're like, they establish that there's dead, and then they bring it one week earlier, earlier, which. I don't know. How do y'all feel about that? Because I think we talked before about like, well, gosh, I hope they don't do the same thing again. That's not what I said. I think that's what you said. No. You big, big, what did I say you were? Monster? Childhood. Anyway. Stealer. <laughs> um, I think it was Butters. The guy that farts in the elevator. It was me. <laughs> I know that said that. I didn't say I hope. I just think, I just said, I don't think there's going to be a dead body in the beginning of this, uh, mm. in the beginning of the season, I think they're just going to go a different way with it. How very wrong we all were! Mm. Oh, yeah, no, they, I'm pretty sure Art and I said bodies. No, oh, okay. so, so Brian, yeah, yeah you, that's the thing. It's like they doubled down and be like, there could be a few. Mm. <laughs> so, so then Brian, how do you feel now? After we're there, we see it. They're doing the same thing. How do you actually feel? Oh yeah, I'm fine with it. I'm, I'm fine. With it. <laughs> it's know, not that. Too. It's not like that. Would have I would have turned it off from there? Like, nope, not watching this season now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think a lot of what makes the White Lotus the White Lotus is the 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 schadenfreude, the awkwardness of watching these oh these relationships and the dialogue, the writing of the dialogue is phenomenal. Well, that's and- very much the thing. And so the thing is, you're gonna like a few episodes later, you're almost gonna forget that there was a dead body. Yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. And that's oh, what I, I certainly did in the first like season. The, the first season, right? You forgot that there was a, a box, like a body box or casket being loaded into a plane. Actually, mm-hmm. wait. No, I didn't forget because every time Alexandra Daddario's character was on screen, I'm like, oh, God, he's going to kill her. He's going to kill her. Um, oh, she's going to die. Gonna- yeah. <laughs> um, um, I don't like that there's Italian speaking, which makes sense. They're in Sicily. It makes sense that there's Italian. Do you not like that there's Italian speaking or that there's Italian speaking that say they sometimes don't caption? Uh, no, like, I mean, it's just, I. it's weird because I watch everything with closed captioning on, so it shouldn't bother me that there's oh closed captions that I need to read. You're like, How, why am I hearing this beautiful language? Why am I hearing this the most... The most musical language on planet Earth. Okay, so I do have a complaint specifically about that, and it's a technical complaint, and I don't know if there's something that I could do to fix it, but like when we watched the episode, we streamed it. So I had my, I had it on my Crave app, and then I streamed it to my Chromecast. Right. So I had the the closed captions on from my Crave app, and whenever there are subtitles and somebody's actually speaking like somebody speaking Italian in this mm-hmm. like the, the two people at the pier who were looking to see which one might be their customer mm-hmm. um they were speaking Italian and over top of that Italian oh word, no it said yeah. speaking Italian speaking foreign language no! and it's getting in the way of what they're actually saying I can't read oh, the, yeah. the subtitles well, don't, don't do that um, yeah, if you That's turn funny. off your closed captioning on your Chromecast, it should stop um, because <laughs> Crave is smart enough to know, like, not to show you your closed captioning when they're speaking Italian. Yeah. But, yeah, like, I just don't – I mean, it's fine. I like that the show is doing this because it is frustrating when there's movies where you go a place and, you know, two people are French and they're not speaking French because you're like, you would never be speaking English right now. But right. – um it's like my dinner time show, and so like Johnny and I sit and we eat dinner and watch TV, and usually we don't do foreign language 
um, when we're eating because you got to look, right? Um, so anyway, that's really my stupid Right, you're first. watching closed captions for reinforcement yes. and clarity. You're not watching it for translation. Yeah, so that's just my that's stupid fir- very first world complaint. But I do like that, you know, they, they aren't just speaking English. But that, for me, I was like, yeah. oh, yeah, they're in Italy. Oh, I'm going to have to look at the stupid screen all the time when I'm watching this show. Um, uh, yeah, I, I I enjoyed it as a whole. It's the same sort of vibe as the first season, you know, and just in this first show anyway. I guess I was a little disappointed that they're trying to set up the same archetype, um, uh, you know, with the new the new Armand, uh, you know, and and uh, and how troubled she is. Um, it that seemed a little bit samey, but the variance of the guests, I think, is uh, getting off to a good start. Sorry, what? What? Sorry, I had to step out for a second because Jason Lamb needed to tell me a secret. You've uh, been in this podcast for like ten minutes. So what? Sorry, what was zany, <laughs> bud? I, I said I was a little disappointed in sort of the same archetypal setup of the the resort manager, like the new Armand, and oh. how they're making her more trouble. You know, more like not more trouble, but like differently troubled, but sort of in the same kind of box oh, really? uh, that Armand was in. I love I loved her character. I loved her portrayal of it. It just seemed a little too obvious and telegraphy. See, that's very interesting to me because, yeah, like I, I recognized her immediately, of course, as the new Armand and everything, but she felt like a uh, wildly different character and like one that rang really, really true to Italian woman, which I guess <laughs> I have experience with in my family. Do you know what I mean? But like that, that Man, character, she had some amazing cutting lines. Yes. Oh my God. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I didn't, it's so interesting. I didn't feel like, uh, Okay. There was a moment of like, oh, I kind of miss Armand because just that portrayal and that actor well, was sure. so incredible. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I was just like, nope, this, this, you know, you got to do the same thing. You got to have the same type of character. I get it. That's the point. Uh, this one is uh, is very different and rings very true to me. Um, yeah, I, I, God, I don't know, you guys. I just loved it. I was so glad to be back in this world. Um, again, I was watching it with someone who didn't quite know. They were like, so what are we talking about? Like, dark comedy here? Like, what is this? And I was like, mm, I don't know. No, not really. I, I don't know. It's like, like, how would you even describe White Lotus? I guess it's murder mystery, right? It's just drama, murder mystery? Dra- drama. I would say drama. Yeah, drama predominantly. Mur- the murder mystery is pretty uh, mm-hmm. secondary. You know where I found it on Crave because I was trying to look for it. Oh yeah, and categories. Category is comedy. Right? What? Like yeah. there? I know there is. There's like some total... very black comedy, very dark. Very if dark it... comedy, if anything, it's yeah. a satire, I suppose. It's commentary, which, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. you know dips mm-hmm. into the realm of comedy. Yeah. Huh. Like. Oh my gosh! I and, never and, would have called it a comedy though, but wild. So she was there the whole time, uh, th- just watching it with me, and just being like, "Oh my god, this, this everyone is so cringe. I hate this." You know, it, like it was that very like yeah. uncomfortable to watch thing. Sorry, friend, on. that's the point. <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, that's that's the show." And then also, uh, they've done a great job this season too. I think setting up that like once again, you hate everyone. Everyone is awful. Every single mm-hmm. person here absolutely terrible. I like mm-hmm. the assistant. I love the assistant. Uh, yeah, the yeah. assistant, so put upon. That's what I said too. I was like, "Oh boy, I'm worried about the assistant and the grandson." Mm. You know, of the yeah, uh, the two most innocent, yeah. likely to be killed people. Yeah, I'm concerned for them. I don't know if they're going to be the ones who end up being killed, but I just think that the, just uh, devastation and tragedy awaits mm-hmm. yes. for them yeah. too. Well, the characters that you root for, right? Like yeah. the, the assistant is very much like the spa manager. 
Yes, yes. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, Belinda. Yeah. 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 Um, I mean, they've definitely set up something with the volcano. Like oh, they keep, yeah. Oh, they kept, yeah, they kept, there was a couple, two obvious shots about it. Yeah, they mentioned, it, mentioned it, I think, maybe once, but then yep. you see it in the background a yeah. lot. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then it was interesting because you have that one character that she's on the beach at the beginning and she's in a super good mood, right? The the mm. wife of the the other rich guy. The tech bro, yeah. Um, she's in a super good mood. So, like, at that point, like nobody's dead a week later. So yeah. yeah, it's interesting. I like everything that they're setting up. And then, but I'm a little sad because I remember um, Jennifer Coolidge's character. I remember being like, oh, it's nice for her that she found a man that, you know, gets her and that whatever. So it's yeah. interesting to find out, yes, now they're married. But I remember the whole like kind of subplot of that was, was he a dick or not, right? You yeah. were like, is he going to come back? Is he really genuine? Yeah. Um, and so I feel like they're doing that again, like with that secret conversation. She's like, why mm-hmm. are you whispering? Mm-hmm. I'm like, are th- they're setting up that same, is he a dick thing? But wow. is yeah. the reveal just going to be like he was planning something nice for her the whole time? Uh, maybe. Or is it because he had cancer, right? They didn't mention that again here, but wasn't that the whole uh, thing? Yeah. He had cancer. So I wonder maybe he was whispering on the phone and he was talking to his oncologist who was saying like, sorry, it's bad news. And he mm-hmm. just didn't want to upset his wife on Could their be. beautiful vacation. But he's a dick. He was being such a dick in, in this. Was he though? I Only was about it would, Yeah. It seems like he was maybe getting annoyed with her because... You know, she has and and that's kind of revealed too at the end of season one that she has very selfish like dick qualities yeah, about yeah, her. Yeah. 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 And yeah she has sure. like her 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 own like kind of being in her own world has a negative impact on everybody around her. She just kinda of has this ripple effect. Right? Yes. So we see it from her point of view. Like, oh, she's so happy she found the two macaroons, right? Like, but then, like, <laughs> he's just obviously very annoyed with her. Yeah. But I mean, like that's the I mean, that's all just Every single scene that he was in was like, uh, he is dick. I don't think so. And, and that's I don't the, know. That's just because like, well, I like, have the makes, knowledge of what she's, what she's like, and like, so I'm, I'm like, he's been caught up in this whirlwind. Sure. And that's, I think, the genius of the show, too, right, is that like you put these two against each other, and you have, you, you have sympathy for Jennifer Coolidge, for Tanya, because her husband is... You know, like calling her fat and... But maybe he wasn't. Like, I felt like maybe she was the one that said she wanted to lose weight. And, like, yes, the way he went about it wasn't great. But, like, maybe he was just trying to be supportive. Like, okay. you're not going to lose weight if you eat six oh, macaroons. Boy. Oh, boy. Okay. No, I know I don't have the best He was also very... Here, but... He was also just blue balls as well, too. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God, everybody. She pushed him off. She pushed him off. He was like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> but even that... <laughs> Good. That was a funny scene. So good good. Coolidge impression. Yeah, but very good. Uh, Brian, I think with the uh, healthiest marriage here, Brian, I think you can kind of maybe double. De- like, you'd never, even if your wife is like, wow, I'd like to lose weight, you never say, like, you ate too many macarons, you're going to be fat. You That's don't not, say that. I don't know. Like, if I was like, I don't, I want, I'm fat, I want to lose weight, and I tried to eat three cheeseburgers, I'm pretty sure Johnny would be like, maybe eat two. 
I think. But that, I mean, it's it, it's about the relationship and it's yeah. about the approach. It's about, it is about the relationship. It's not what you say, it's how you say it. And, and we're watching yeah, a TV show, right? So if it's a line in a TV show, it's meant to tell you something about the character. And I think what it was meant to tell you is that this guy's a bit of a dick. Uh, well, no, no, because that, so that's the thing. So it is like, yeah, it is about the way you say it. And if it's not about commenting on her her actual weight but like if like what Kristen was saying if she was ta- if she's been talking about that and obsessing about that for so long and, and talking his ear off about how she wants to lose weight mm-hmm. there's a part where he calls her out on her bullshit like saying mm-hmm. like well if you if you say that mm-hmm. then and you don't know if you ate five macaroons yep. kind of thing it's not necessarily saying you're fat and I want you to change it's just like you've been saying that you want to change yeah, yeah I'm, I'm here to I'll, here's help reinforce that bullshit. well okay yeah. so then here we go everyone we're, we're running around in circles about this but there I think it's all just in service of this show is so genius and the characters are so well nuanced that yeah. you don't know which one's the dick in this relationship that's, that's very true and that's what I love about the show yeah. is that everybody's so well rounded like all of the characters you hate them you hate them all every single one but, but there are certain reasons as to why you hate them. Yeah, well, it's even like, it's funny you say that, because even the tech bro, like, uh, the one that, like, took off all his clothes, that guy. Yes. He, you're like, oh, what a dick. He does seem like a total dick. But then you see the relationship with him and his wife, and it's like, oh, wow, it is really sweet. And they do really They're, love yeah. each other. That was, I know, yeah. I think that was one of the most interesting parts of the this first episode, too, is those two couples. Mm-hmm. You're, just like, yeah. you're introduced, and you're like, oh, clearly, you know, Aubrey Plaza and her husband, they're the ones that are, like, more reasonable people. And these other two are, like, just, you know, jock bro and, rich, and bro like, girl. Actual, yeah, rich, yeah. ass. Holes, yeah. flaky. The, oh, they don't watch the news. Oh my god, what a bunch of it. But then, like f- after spending a day with them, you're just like, oh, I I like the other ones. Mm-hmm. Like I'm yeah. they're genuinely happy people. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah, like yeah. maybe there's yeah yeah. But then also. Why did it gear down in front of her? I wonder. That's not okay behavior. But I'm still also seeing it from Aubrey Plaza's point of view. What if he didn't know the mirror? I, don't, I think he didn't know the mirror was there. It is weird, but like, I feel like he didn't realize <laughs> that the mirror was there because it's not like he made a big show of it. It's wow. not like he was like, duh, 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 duh. like he was just, he took off his pants, sure. he turned, you got to see the dick because it's HBO, and yeah. then he put his pants back on, right? Side so, dick. Yeah. 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 What's the opposite of dorsal? Uh, the under? Of a dolphin, you kind of like. It's probably something like subdorsal. Something, yeah. Anyways, it's not an angle you usually get on dicks, and there it was. <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah. I, wow, I can't believe you're defending that behavior. You don't follow your friend's wife to her hotel room and then change into a bathing suit, not behind closed door. Like you go into the bathroom or a windowless closet. Maybe he's just confident with his body. Yeah. Which is wonderful what? too, but hey. I just think that that crosses an inappropriateness line. Would it, would he have been able to go into his own ro- own room if Aubrey Plaza had just been a little bit open to the adjoining door? Yeah, mm, <laughs> right, right. Oh, that's the other thing here, team. That's right. His room is right next door. Okay. Yep. Oh my. <laughs> so again, there you go. You're 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 so conflicted watching this show. Oh my yeah. god, I love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it yeah. was nice to be back in that world for sure. Yeah. And. Uh, uh, we watched like when we saw that it it dropped. We had a similar experience with Brian. Like that, it, we didn't realize it was going to come out. It felt like a weird day for it to come out because it was October thirtieth, and we were still in like horror land. Yes. And we saw that it dropped, and I was like, oh, I don't know if we're going to get a chance to watch this, but I got to watch the first 
10 minutes because I want to know what the setup to the show is. Yes. And then we watched that and immediately the next day, which was Halloween, which I was like, let's watch a Halloween movie. I was like, nope, we're watching White Lotus. Wow, I like, I, right. I want to see the rest of this episode. Yeah. Um, yeah, just the writing is great. It looks great. Um, great, 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 great. We won't get to. I know we're running short. We got to wrap up here. But like uh, the 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 three generations of Italian men, I think is. I wanted to ask you about them. Well, I, you know, we can talk next week more when we see another episode. But I think that's going to be an incredibly interesting storyline as mm. well. The 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 two prostitutes, or I guess one is a prostitute, the other one isn't. Just a friend, yeah. Uh, yeah, but who knows? Like that whole thing, fascinating. Oh, so good. Can we, real quick here, I want to, um, can we touch on Andor for one minute before I know Kirsten's got to run away? I don't, I've only seen the first two episodes, so. Anyone else? Bud, you still on this thing? I'm still on four, so I'm, I'm not that close, but I'm, I'm not also, you know, it's going to take me a while, so please do talk about it if you want. Brian, any thoughts? You- I'm with Kirsten on the first two episodes. Well, I've just been seeing so much talk about Andor online and about how yeah. it's so genius and how it's like, it's got all this message and everything that's like so powerful and it's so well executed and like it's the, the best Star Wars thing. One tweet I saw said that J.J. Abrams was trying to recreate a new hope when he did Force Awakens, but Andor really does accomplish what a new hope accomplished in 1977. Like, that kind of praise, okay? And I was like... That's crazy praise. What do you mean here? Do you mean, like, it's it's breaking the genre? It means, like, elevating it? Like, what? That's the thing is, like... So I've been seeing that, too, and that's where I'm just saying, okay, well, I just have to actually... Watch. Well, yes. And the and, thing about Andor too that is really nice is they're only like half an hour long episodes. That is so true. It's not a big investment. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, we've just been making our way through other things, so we will make <sighs> our way and loop our way back to Andor. I promise. I know. If anybody's listening to this podcast and they're huge Andor fans and want us to talk about, it, I'm so sorry. Well, I and yeah. I, like, <laughs> I am a huge Star Wars fan, so it is weird that we haven't watched this. But it's just there was so much content. I know. I know. Um, that I I haven't gotten it to to it yet, but. I 100% will. We should all make a, a something to say we should watch it by this date so we can well, talk about it. Well, I'll just say that I blasted through a bunch of episodes on Sunday. I finally oh. had a little downtime. I, I, but, I, but here's the thing I'll say about it is that I was so disinterested that I kind of like snoozed and was in and out of the whole thing. I don't know if I was really following the plot. I don't... I thought you said you liked it. No, I said I... I said I watched it because I heard I should like it. And oh, interesting. I just find it to be a slog, and I find it to be to- so totally joyless. And, hmm. you know, like, I don't know. Star Wars for adults in that is so adult in this way is what they're trying to do here. I don't need it. I, you know, it's like, I know it's just a big, wide universe, but... You know, when it's so serious and so self-serious, but you know that Jar Jar Binks could walk on screen at any moment. (laughs) I just find it so odd. And I just, it is, it's joyless. And that's not what I come to Star Wars for. At least with the Mandalorian, like it's serious and it takes itself, you know, seriously. But there's some fun there. There's some real fun going on. With this thing, nothing is fun. It is a slog. It is difficult and dark and gritty and joyless. And I think it's just a lot. Maybe what we're seeing are, are these corners of the internet that, again, loved Rogue One and the promise of, like, a gritty war movie set in the Star mm-hmm. Wars universe. Sure. They, that's what they're loving about this as well. And so, once again, I'm just like, not for me. Well, when so, I jump back in, hopefully the music will sustain me because I really enjoyed bits of the music in the first four episodes. So. Yeah. And the music's interesting, too, because it's so un-Star Wars-y. It's so yes, non-John yes. Williams. And I'm not sure if that's why it's drawing me in because it, it really, like, 
And I think it was one of the, the first one, the club, there's sort of like that dance music. And I'm like, yeah. what is going on? This yeah. is not a Star Wars show. And then like I kind of refocused, you know, uh, because like that wasn't Star Wars like music in this Star Wars show. Yeah. So I would be just wildly interested to know what you all think when you think it. Kirsten James, where can we find you on the Internet? Kirsten dot James. Paul. At Paul Plastino. Brian. Zone.fm. Last DJ boy can I tried to go with this. <laughs> what the heck are you guys doing? I'm Webmeister Bud on places. This has been the Zones Geek Out Podcast, episode 212. Thank you so much for listening. Bye. Bye. The Geek Out Podcast is a production of the Zone at 91.3. The views expressed here are not necessarily those of this radio station. And really, some of those views are pretty stupid. I mean, come on. For more on-demand audio from The Zone, visit thezone.fm slash podcasts or the on-demand tab of our app. Thanks for listening, and thanks for being a zoner.